check it out. Are you gonna stay up all night? Shots. Move up the elevator. Sure. What the hell? So you know, that's my niece also. Hi, Katie. Hi, nice to meet you. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, yeah, we're having this big party, and you're invited now. <laughs> Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show is yeah. brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Ooh, make a better stay now, baby. Today's guests are a rare find, a rare sound. Actually, they found the Better Each Day podcast and contacted me. They are a Seattle-based duo with a sound and name like there are several members of the art-pop duo Glass Heart String Choir. I recommend checking out their videos on YouTube for a fuller appreciation of their expression visually, audibly, and they're all in dedication to their craft. Please welcome the voice, guitars, keyboards of Ian Williams and the orchestra, Katie Mosehauer. How did you write the lyrics to California? Yeah, that one, that was a song that I wrote almost entirely in my head while making an incredibly long drive on tour. Uh, we were out with our friends, um, the, this New Zealand band, uh, French for Rabbits, who um, we've uh, had the opportunity to, to tour with a few times. And we were heading through California and I was just, well, so I've, I've done, you know, besides our own tours, I've also, uh, you know, joined other bands and, you know, tour managed and, and I've got a, a tour van. So, you know, I, I do a lot of driving yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I've kind of mastered the, the, you know, thinking, you know, kind of diving deep into, into, uh, long thoughts while, while, um, you know, while on these, you know, eight, 10 or 12 hour stretches and, we were, I was heading through Northern California and, you know, everyone's just kind of zoned out in their own, there uh, four of us, everyone's just kind of zoned out in their, their own world. And I was um, just thinking of all the, I, I've had just such wonderful, I've never lived in California. I've, 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 you know, lived and been in, you know, most States in the country and, and the, um, but California I've never lived in, but every time I'm there, it's just a really, it's a really special place. Like I love, the uh i love the the geography i love the you know history and and, and culture and it's just a, it's it's kind of like a, a magical place to me and so I, I was just you know had that that first verse you know kind of came quickly and it's not really that you know poetic it's pretty you know it's pretty simple but i was just thinking of that um you know how we you know, just that kind of, uh, not necessarily wistful, but just like looking back, you know, on something in that, in that, you know, really deep reverent kind of way. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I completed the lyrics first, but had, I actually struggled to put them to, to music for a while. It took about, um, it took about six months. I had a few drafts that, you know, just wasn't like the, the feel just wasn't right. And then, uh, after, I guess it was after lockdown had started. Um, and, uh, I was feeling pretty rough and, 
he had just happened to sit down at, at a at the piano and was working on, um, you know, kind of pulled that up from my, from my lyric, all my, you know, either completed stuff or, or half completed things and yeah, yeah. Was, was sitting there working on it. And I, and yeah, I, I just landed on that, on that right, um, that right combination, you know, and I feel like you never know when that's, when that's going to happen, but when the, you know, when the chords came and, and, you know, the way the lyrics landed, I was like, uh, I, I knew that this was the, you know, that was the right one. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, sent it off to, to Katie and was pretty, you know, I, I, I have a lot of demos, you know, we've got a, I don't know, 50 or 60 backlog that I've sent to, um, to Katie over the years. And, you know, I never, obviously, was, you know, we're, we're a duo, you know, I asked to, whether, it doesn't matter if just I like it, you know, Katie has to like it too and feel like there's something that she can contribute to it. And, um, yeah, I sent that off and, and Katie, it, it, that was one of the, the, I, I feel like you, you had a pretty, pretty good reaction to that one, uh, immediately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian is very patient with the fact that he sends me songs that don't always end up meeting the world and the way that I think it would want. Yeah. Uh, but this one, yeah. Yeah, I heard it and definitely I think I had been kind of on the hunt for what was the next thing I was going to work on and it showed up and I was like, well, obviously it's this one. Do you remember California It was summer We were younger Do you remember Constellations and they seemed closer and so much brighter.
Yeah, it worked really well. So whatever you did, yeah, I think there is a magic <laughs> moment that all of a sudden, like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and then you think, why can't I do that all the time? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you never, you never know. You just gotta. I feel like the more you know, so I just try and spend as much time as I can writing because you can't, you can't count on those moments. You know, you just kind of have to be present as much as possible for them to, you know for them to, uh, to, for everything to come together, you know, and know, yeah. I have some kind of internal lingo and non-special as a pretty important term for us. Cause you know, you can write some non-special stuff, but you know, when like the really special things happen and that's yeah. what we're always aiming for is like, you know, okay. is not where we want to like end the song. We always want to make sure that like the ones we choose to move forward are the ones that feel like they're something, you know, cause it's contributing. That's a little bit beyond just something that's done. Did you purposely make it two minutes and 30 seconds long, kind of short? No, we, um, we have like, especially for recordings, like sometimes our, our, our live versions are a bit different, but the, um, I have over the years, I used to write a lot longer songs and over the years I've just been trying to, as I've tried to improve my craft as a songwriter, um, just really tried to cut, you know, just, just kind of get things to the, the real core of, you know, it's like, does this need an intro? No. Does this need this verse? You know, no, does it need another chorus? No. You know, like, does it, does it really need it? You know, like what does, you know, like Katie was talking about with the non-special thing, like, like how, you know, how do you just make this the, 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 just the, the beautiful fundamental uh, idea of, of what you're going for. And so I found my songs have tended to get shorter, um, you know, with my, and by my, I just mean my, you know, like my demos have, have tended to get shorter. And then once they, you know, once they become uh, a glass heart string choir uh, song, you know, they can, they can go in either direction or sometimes I send stuff that's, you know, might be, you know, Katie will see and be like, oh, this, you know, is this, does this verse really need to be there? You know, do we really need this chorus? So she's a, an excellent um, uh, editor as well on that front. And, uh, but yeah, we, we try and, I think we've tried to kind of keep things, you know, to their, to their, um, yeah, you, to the core. I, I threw that out and I, I thought, well, I don't know if he understands what I'm saying, but yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The song kind of ends yeah. and it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, that's that's all that needed to be said. California being our like emergence from the pandemic, I feel like we the last song we released was a song called Affliction, which was kind of going into the pandemic. It was actually like kind of half recorded in the studio and then finished up from my home. Um, but a really kind of cool flexing of just like sounding a little different based on circumstances. Um, so it's a lot more synth than you know you hear in California, um, but like all of the same kind of like you know lyrical beauty and intensity but just really a very strange challenge of being in the pandemic and saying well wow a violin sounds terrible at my house so let's not put that on for us um and we really ended up liking that song quite a lot because it ended up being kind of its own like kind of you know flip side of the coin almost from what we usually do so who did the synthesizers so that's all me and my world, my, my sound library. So yeah, I uh, drove by my poor dog crazy for about two days, just sitting there and like clicking through the library and hitting the keys and just trying to find all those great sounds. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, actually, about a year ago, I got one of those rolly seaboards. So it's like a multidimensional synth where you can do like vibrato and a bunch of other things. So it's like a really fun thing to get to play. And I'm really glad to be able to bring it in on a song. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so interesting with with recording how like when Katie said, you know, like these violins sound, you know, awful at my house. And I'm, you know, as a as a musician yourself, Bruce, I'm sure you know how that how that works where it's like, you know, you you have a nice like sound treated room or, you know, booth and that become, you know, when you're recording, that's like part of the instrument, you know, becomes part of the instrument. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you get in your you get in your house with its, you know, with its boxy corners and you play a beautiful instrument like this does not sound good you know that was a, uh, a challenge over the pandemic but yeah it's, we, we made it through I had animals lust that I'd kill to discard I'd entomb this affliction Exhibit the scars And I'd love to just grow Towards the sun and the heat And be clear of this burden This common
Where in Seattle are you? Uh, we're both up on Capitol Hill. Oh, okay. Just not not too far. We're about half a mile from each other. Cool. I worked at DMX Music up there on, I guess it was Broadway and Pine, maybe? Oh, yeah. Up by the college. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. an interesting yeah. deal. I bought audio equipment that was installed on the East Coast, and I never heard it, but it was for theaters and big venues and things like that. And it was a cool job, but yeah, I was there for a short while and moved out and years went by. And last summer I put the TV on and wow, there's a lot going on up there now. That wasn't happening. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Did that affect you guys at all? Yeah, I I lived right in the middle of CHOP. So, um, Uh, and you were right on the corner, right on the corner of it. You actually moved a little bit further out after all of that. But yeah, yeah. um, there was a lot of tear gas, a lot of tear gas. Oh man. Glass Heart String Choir. I thought we we're going to have like 30 people here. And, <laughs> and it sounds like it could be too, but it's it's really beautiful what you put together. How did you get together? Katie, want to answer that one? Well, I mean, it was all kind of formed around Ian. So we met in the most ridiculous way possible. Uh, Ian put an ad out on Craigslist mm-hmm. like one million years ago. Uh, to hire a violinist for one gig. And I was just kind of branching out of classical music at the time. I was like starting to kind of just look for, you know, more like um, indie, you know, projects to play on. So responded to the ad. It was, I think, one of the funniest gigs we've had to date um, in that it was like a coffeehouse gig over in Fremont. And let's say the, the performers earlier in the evening were, how would we describe them, Ian? Eccentric? And yeah, that could mean anything, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, they were eccentric enough that everyone left the venue. Oh, that eccentric. Um, (laughs) And uh, I honestly, I was like, I, you know, I feel bad. I can't accept your money. Let's do another gig in the future. One where there's people here. And we kind of just kind of kept playing shows after that one. And they just kept getting better and better. We started writing together. Um, yeah, we've now played in a bunch of different projects together in, in addition to this main one that, that we are collaborators on. So it was kind of a chance meeting that really kind of aligned well. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. A great story, and it was a tough act to follow then. So you shouldn't have them, <laughs> it was. Don't have them open for you anymore, huh? <laughs> nope. <laughs> do you do much live performance? Yeah, I mean, we, we did. I was going to say, what a dumb question. Yeah, right right after the aftermath of COVID. Yeah, yeah no, we uh, we do love um, love playing live. I know, uh, personally, that's one of my one of my favorite parts of music is really connecting with um, with an audience. Uh, and yeah, right before COVID hit, we were in New Zealand. We did a, a month long tour there um, that was was great. Had a had a had a great time and then um we got back two days before the borders closed (laughs) so uh, we're kind of kicking ourselves that we didn't just stay there it probably would have been a if it was a safe place to be yeah they had the best the best numbers in the world i think yeah yeah like i don't know if they have any death you know you know they've had a few you know very small outbreaks they've contained but um yeah we've got some some good friends there who we've met over the years and, uh, and, but yeah, that, you know, love, uh, uh, love playing and hopefully in, uh, you know, we're hoping 20 to this point, it's looking like, you know, probably next year, you know, maybe next spring, you know, be able to actually plan for a couple weeks out, uh, a couple week tours and, and, you know, be able to 
to have a little bit of um, conviction that they will, you know, actually happen. Okay, I always tell Ian that I need a fair amount of time to, to plan out what the live performance is going to be. I have like free reign recording all this stuff, like you said, like you expect like 30 people, and there's more than 30 layers in a lot of our songs. So yeah, figuring out... he is 29 of those people, and I have one of them. <laughs> so figuring out like the loop patterns and how to do it and how to trade off the instruments is always like it's like a big commitment of time to be able to bring a new song like a live show for me do you find it a challenge to with all the complications and uh things that really don't even relate to music that is involved in creating a recording or a song and right after a while it's like i'm not even a musician anymore you know how can you feel creative how can you feel emotional when you're performing after doing all the button pushing you know yeah that's yeah i definitely identify with that I know I haven't actually gotten to play my violin in a, almost a month now. So today is the day I get to get back into into the practice, which I'm really excited about. Because, yeah, like you said, it's all the other things sometimes get in the way of actually just making the music you really like. Yeah. Yeah, I find that, you know, especially when, like, you know, doing press work or booking tours for, for cause, you know, Katie and I kind of you know, divide up our, she, she does, you know, 99%, probably I should just say 100% of the studio work, um, you know, engineering, recording, uh, uh, the, the composing for all the tracks. Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, take care of a lot of the, the just logistics of, of um, you know, the, the email work basically and kind of back end stuff. And that's where, you know, especially when a release is, coming out where I find I'm spending most of my time like, oh, I should, you know, try and play guitar for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, not, just insane. Not but... emails, but... Yeah, your press kit's really impressive, though. Everything's really... The, oh, art, the artwork, so the photos and all the stuff you guys have done, it's, it's outstandingly unique in so many ways. It's like, do people actually do this? I, I don't know that I've seen anything done as well. At any level. No, that's really nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Katie, artistically, Katie's you know behind behind all of that. Um, she does. Uh, you know, she's basically the the art director for the for the the band as well. And um, yeah, really, I always I always really like what what she does. So I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you glad you like it. I've had this conversation with a few people of late. And it's not that I'm a world authority on it or something, but I come from the vinyl era and you actually got an album cover that had artwork on it. And it might even have a poster or something else. But mm -hmm. and now you have a thumbnail on Spotify that you need a microscope to see. And it kind of does <laughs> might as well just be a, a white dot or something, you know. Whatever happened to the artwork, and I'm, I'm, I have these predictions that it's going to come back in some shape or form, be it a hologram or something really cool that that you you don't rely on watching it on your telephone. You know, it's there'll be artwork mm -hmm. again. I guess is my point, and and you're heading in that direction. So please blaze a path so people can follow because I want to see that. To me, it's part of the whole package. Can you imagine going to the south of France on a vacation, but you have to do it blindfolded? You want to see everything too, and it's part of the experience. Yeah, it is, uh, it am I alone like, on that? Or? <laughs> no, I, I think yeah, we've um, we haven't we haven't printed uh, vinyl yet. Hey, do you mind holding on? Oh, not a problem. One second. Yeah, I, I hear the alarm. The, our building alarm. Uh, oh, cool. 
good stuff. I, I like think some of the special <laughs> effects are part of my show. But yeah, the uh, it, it is nice to see vinyl making a you know making a resurgence. And we've um, on you know with with other bands we've toured with. Um, you know, we haven't printed vinyl yet, but uh, it's it sells pretty well at shows. You know, and like you said, I think people just like to have that. You know, it's it's. I always love when I'm looking at, you know, if I'm you know on like a music blog or something, and you know the what was uh, like you said, what was a thumbnail on Spotify, you know, pops up in this big like you know high res photo, and it's like, oh, this is what I. It looks so good. Oh, now I get it, and it has something to do with the music. Yeah, yeah. and and it's nice to have lyrics too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It can be done. Oh yeah, we. Um, I was going to say many many years ago. Um, Ian and I actually collaborated with, uh, I think it was a handful of visual artists uh, to do some responses to our music. So instead of like doing music videos ourselves, we handed over a song to a videographer and to a dancer and like asked them to create responsive works and an illustrator. And similarly, we actually to do the cover art um, and oil painter, a still life painter that we knew we kind of like handed the early album over and said, you know, would you mind painting what you see when you hear this? Um, and so, like, we definitely went, like, full-scale full art. So now I'm actually looking at the painting that resulted from, you know, his work and response. That became the album cover was, you know, his beautiful painting in response to the music. So, yeah, we're, we're 100% in on your vision of bringing, like, the artist part back to the music scene. And so well done. Are you both from the Seattle area? Uh, no. We've, we've both been here a while now, though. Um, what, 12 years? 13 it's been like 20 for me. I've been here a long time. Oh, wow. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you were here a few years before me, but, uh, I'm originally from, um, uh, I moved around a lot when I was a kid, but kind of Eastern Washington. And then I came here via, I was in New York for, for a few years. Yeah. I've been here. I've been here a while. And then Katie, you're DC. Yeah. Grew up outside of DC. Very, very different world. And I like this one better. Yeah, I like it here too. How did you end up here? It's kind of like wandering through life, quite honestly. Uh, <laughs> That's me. So, uh, yeah, I kind of had, you know, lived a few places and was like ready to try something different and was like working in casino. I'm from DC. So, of course, you work in politics at some point in your life and ended up a lot of places where like there was no like real investment in like arts or music and was like feeling very lonely in the world. So, I wanted to come to a place that had a combination of like public policy stuff as well as you know, a really thriving art scene. So, but I test out Seattle and then I just never left. I was actually born in Seattle, but I didn't live in Seattle until I was in my late twenties. I grew up in the, oh. toward the coast in Aberdeen. Oh, right. Yeah. And then everybody says, oh, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't playing that, that, that guy. Was <laughs> like, we have other stuff there too. <laughs> yeah, we do. There was a lot of music there, a lot yeah, of garage bands and yeah, stuff. It's, it's interesting to, to you know, I always like, you know, small towns and seeing the, um, you know, just, just learning about the history of them. And, you know, like almost every town, you know, they have a boom, you know, they have their boom periods and, you know, their, their busts and it's such a rich history to, to all those places. Yeah. And doing this podcast, I've always felt this way, but everybody has stories that they, they don't even realize are compelling until you ask them and they start getting into it. And they just, they get on a roll and it's like, you can ask something like, what's the first concert you went to? That's a half hour story right there. And then my buddies say, you're so good at interviewing. I said, no, I just ask them something they like and, <laughs> and they talk for 10 minutes. That's all I do. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's most of good interviewing, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just asking, asking good questions. Everybody has a story. Everybody's had some really tough times. Everybody's had some great, I got to do this or performed here or something like that. And just everybody does. So you could walk down the street and point to somebody and say, you know, they really do. But you wouldn't know because you don't ever talk to them. Make a better stay in Listening to the Better Each Day Podcast Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.